Well, hello, Wolfpod. Long time no see. Remember me? It's Raymond T., your host at Sea Wolf Pod, the first, only, and thus best Major League Rugby Seattle Sea Wolves podcast. Today, I'm recording from the Wolf Den, my home base in the Pacific Northwest of the United States of America, with some nice Sea Wolves jerseys hanging behind me that you probably see if you've ever gone onto my YouTube channel, Sea Wolf Pod TV. Wasn't that clever? Anyways, I'm here to talk about a very important day. And as it turns out, that day is today because I'm such a good procrastinator or maybe just have great timing by accident. Today, Saturday, June 30th, 2018, at PDT 1600, which is 4 p.m., the Sea Wolves from Seattle are in Glendale, Colorado at Infinity Park taking on the San Diego Legion in one of two semifinal bouts for the first title in Major League Rugby's inaugural season. The winner advances to the finals to play the winner of another semifinal match later this evening between Glendale Raptors and Utah Warriors. If you're not at Infinity Park, you can watch on CBS Sports Network in the U.S., or if you're out of the country or have a VPN to pretend like you are, it'll be live on MLR's Facebook page. Even with our matchup today against Legion, I have a little catch-up to do. Yet because today's match is so much more important, like the most important day we've ever had for Seattle Seawolves rugby, I'll recap past things missed, our Glendale and Austin games, um, hopefully as they relate to today. So I introduce that backwards, but to briefly preview and succinctly preview in order what I'll be talking about, as they relate to the beginning of playoffs today, I will be looking at our nail-biting win in Austin during MLR Week 8 and our tough MLR Week 9 loss in Glendale. Of course, I'll also be talking about our championship series semifinal match today against San Diego Legion after all of that. It'll be pretty quick, the review that is. One more quick note before I transition into the meat and potatoes of the pod. Just wanted to thank everyone who listens, the listener of Seawolf Pod. Thank you, everyone, for listening. For anyone who read the description on seawolfpod.com, you already know, the listener, you, you are the reason I do this. It's not some illustrious career move. It's a fan podcast I do for fun to add value to people like me who want in-depth Seawolf's coverage or any Seawolves coverage. In that sense, no fan, no podcast. And frankly, I am your guys' biggest fans and have been feeling the love from y'all all all over the world, from North America to Europe to New Zealand and Australia and Russia and beyond on social media and podcast reviews. And in person from people I've worked with. So I want you to have all the coverage to live and breathe this Seattle Seawolves team as much as I do. Because professional rugby in my upper left home corner of the U.S. means so much to me. And I know I'm not alone. Together we hunt, right? But pot alone. (laughs) So please, if you enjoy the podcast, write me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or let me know if you review it somewhere else. And I'll read your review out on the at Pod Instagram. The first year of MLR may be coming to a close, but next season is going to have even more games and hopefully even better Seawolf pod coverage. Your review will make it easier for the next fan to find it and give me more stuff to put on Instagram. At any rate, let's get this show started. I'm going to play some uh, different music here to hype you up a little bit for the semifinals or make sure you're still awake, but I'm going to preface that by saying I usually play The Ocean by Led Zeppelin because... 
they wrote that song about the feeling of having a crowd before you that's like an ocean of people. And our fan base is literally an ocean. We're the only team that sold out every home game, filled out Starfire Stadium. And if you've been there, it's just magic. It's like the coolest rugby scene in the United States, period. It's just an ocean of rugby enthusiasm. But now for something a little different. had to cut it there uh try to keep it clean here anyways um let's get started guys uh, i'm really excited for this pod it's been a while haven't been podcasting for the last couple weeks had some family stuff going on some uh other job stuff that i actually get paid for which is kind of nice maybe i'll get paid for this someday anyways um so like i said today talking about austin elite our game there um glendale raptors our game there and then the semis which is big as today um so overview it was week eight of mlr uh talk about austin number one ranked seattle side they took a business trip to austin to face the number three ranked elite this was our second week in a row in texas um when we went there so we hope to be acclimated better to the texas climate um but you know, we really showed no signs of wear due to weather in the previous uh, week seven, 13 point victory over Houston Sabercats. This was a crazy match for the Seawolves, who went down eight points, eight to 16 at halftime after a converted Austin Ross Deacon try, filling for USA Eagle Honko Hermeshais by Timothy Gleaming. Maybe now my second favorite 10 in the league after Will McGee with the Raptors. In addition to the converted try, Guillemin slotted three penalties. To these 16 points, Seattle was able to squeak in one try by Rosalika, which I remember being just, I mean, we were just kind of grinding it out uh, when we finally got into their 22, which we didn't convert. Uh, Holder missed a penalty in that first half and then slotted one just before the hooter, which is the horn at the half, and the boys went into the shed to recoup. Not going to lie, I was a bit upset at this point. Burke Coombs and Crumray were able to score in the second half with Holder converting just one of those tries, and all Austin could do was slot one more penalty, bringing the game to a 20-19 to close and victory for Seattle. Again, just a nail-biter. Um, we just squeaked by them. So in that Seattle um, lineup, we saw some uh, familiar faces in the lineup that's going to be going against San Diego today, and that was our... Um, tight head prop Tim Metcher, our locks in Crumray and Polson, um, Rosalika at 13, Turner at 15, and then also Shermer. Um, but he's going to be a reserve today, and then um, reserves kind of per usual Hayden, Coquillard, Van Harn, and Misangalu. So Hayden's a prop, Coquillard and Van Harn are back rowers. Um, Misangalu is a winger uh known as missile um 
I wanted to mention that uh, I met Coquillard uh, at one of the watch parties, or maybe it was just like a player meetup party. I don't know. Lots of drinks. Um, there were other players there too. Met Shalom, Louis Henson, and I was kind of chuckling, talking to Coquillard, talking about size and Major League Rugby, and um, he is a back rower, but he kind of said like in leagues where – um, maybe sizes are more traditional, like he could play fullback. Um, and you know, he's not a small dude. So um, with that said, let's talk about the stats for this game. So possession, this is like what percent of the 80 minutes uh, each team had the ball, because obviously uh, you're either on offense or you're not. So Austin had possession 49% of that game. Seattle had possession for 51% kind of a negligible difference um but also you know it like we had two more percent of the possession and we only had one more point than them so it kind of makes you think like you know would we do better with more possession um in theory more possession means less time with ball in hand for the opposition to score but um scoring efficiency can sort of um throw off that stat rugby stats are interesting because it's a game that um can somewhat evade statistical analysis unless you're really uh, skilled at this. Um, I rely on Pete Steinberg, former uh, USA women's head coach, who talks a lot about MLR stats and feeds me these official stats on the games from MLR. He's at PJ Rugby 9 on Twitter. I just want to give a shout out to him because um, I know he puts a lot of... Uh, hard work and, and, uh, thoughtfulness into this. So that's possession, uh, territory. So this is about who was in whose half and Austin had 42% of the territory in that game. So they were spending, um, less time in Seattle's half, more time in their own half. Seattle had 58% of the territory. So, you know, 58% of the time, whatever, we're more in their half and less than our own. Um, so um, that's less of a negligible difference. Um, I would say that, um, you know, at the end of the day in this match, that it was a good thing that we were winning that territory battle, but this game really could have gone either way. <laughs> Missed tackles. Um, you know, I don't know how great the seawall was that day in Austin, um, but we did have less missed tackles in Austin. So Austin had 18 missed tackles. We missed 14. Um, turnovers won. Austin was doing way better on this. They won six turnovers, and we won three. Um, but we did win one at the breakdown. They didn't win any at the breakdown. Lineouts won against throw. We were not doing well on lineouts. So they were against our throws. They won eight lineouts. Uh, that's insane. We won three. They had two intercepts, which just shows that our passing wasn't as tight as it could be. We had zero. Um, no free kicks awarded in this match, which are basically where you get the the kick to find touch, but then it's a line out to the other team instead of a penalty where it's your own line out on that. Um, time in opposition, 22. So for Austin, it was 12 minutes, I think. And then Seattle, it was six. They were spending more time um, in our 22. They just, um, you know, were more efficient about that time that they had um, that territory than than we were. Um, because, you know, we did technically win the territory battle, even though we spent half the time 
um, in their 22. Um, tackles made. So they they made more tackles. They made 93 and we made 82. That's like kind of rare. Um, Seawall really not showing up today. Handling errors, we had 13. That's a lot. Um, that's in 80 minutes. I mean, that's like... That's, you know, definitely every 10 minutes, more than that. Um, Austin had seven handling errors, but we had more line breaks, and that was big for us. Um, we had four line breaks. They had one. Um, you know, we, we scored more tries. They just had a bunch of penalties that they slotted because Guillemin is an amazing fly half, and, you know, they were pressuring us into those penalties. Errors made seven for Austin, 15 for Seattle. The stats just don't really look like Seattle won here except for those line breaks, which was, you know, big for us. That's something that we can produce. Um, so again, that was just winning by one point, 20 to 19 in the eighth week of MLR. So um, that's the Austin game. Let's talk about the Glendale game. So this was our most recent game, and then we had the, uh, the week off. So this would have been, what, week nine? Um, just kind of an overview here. Once again, in this match, the Glendale Raptors were putting their then undefeated record, thanks San Diego, on the line, which was 6-0 and at the time, and put them in first against the then second place, still second place, um, Seawolves, who were then 6-1 and with their record. They traveled to Infinity Park to try to end that winning streak, couldn't do it. Things were going well in the first half, sort of, down just 11-14 at the half. Um, Glendale was lucky to come away with that lead on kind of a charge in the last five minutes of the first half where they scored all those points or started scoring. But then the Raptors just rolled the Seawolves in the second half, ending at 11 to 33, holding them scoreless for all of those 40 minutes. Yikes, like 33 unanswered points in this game. Holy smokes, bad stuff from the Seawolves. But we made our best effort like all teams try to against the number one Glendale side. Uh, the seawall turned into something more of a, uh, I apologize if this is a little vulgar, but it turned into something more of a kiddie pool and we were just pissing at it in the sun. I mean, like, you know, gross, but that's what 33 unanswered points tastes like. They forced Seattle into several penalties, including a yellow card. So the lineup that day for Seattle, um, comparing it to the lineup we'll have today, um, three through six were the same, Metcher, Crumray, Polson, Duchelle. 13 Rosalika and 15 Turner were the same, plus reserves Hayden, Van Harn, Coquillard, and Peter Smith, who will be starting. He's not a reserve, starting at fly half today. Yay. He's my favorite. Go, Peter Smith. Um, I think he uh, has had some time off after taking that um, that big hit uh, when we were in NOLA, the, the late hit at the end of the game. I, I'm not even going to say the name of the player who did that. It was atrocious. Um, okay. So... Let's talk about the Seattle lineup for, um, well, no, not the lineup. Let's talk about the semifinals. Oh, my God. We're in the finals. We did it. We're here. Started from the bottom. Every team did, but we got here. Um, so just an overview of uh, today for San Diego. So first of all, I think this match will be much more exciting than the one later today between Glendale and Utah, where I expect the Raptors to roll over the Warriors, but... Unlike our home opener, I don't think, excuse me, um, I don't think Seattle is going to march over the Legion. Given San Diego upsetting Glendale, ending their perfect season, and then also our last two matches, which were far from ideal, even when we won against Austin, 
um, like I said, the numbers that look like we lost, it's going to be tight. Um, still, Seattle is undefeated on the road, whereas San Diego only has one win on the road against NOLA. But, I mean, Infinity Park doesn't count as home for either team, so I'm not sure if that can be weighted much here. Um, what worked really well for us in the home opener in our one time facing San Diego, which was at home at Starfire Stadium, it was our scrum. Um, I remember a, uh, a title for the match being thrown out there, uh, penalty try the motion picture. Unfortunately for Seattle, San Diego has been working with British and Irish Lions capped and has even scored at that level. Um, big, big time English rugby player, Alex Corbusiero, uh, has been working on their scrum. Uh, he's team Corbs now, I think is his brand for like rugby consulting, and it has showed some serious improvement, that San Diego scrum. I'll eat my words if this turns out to be false, not the thing about the scrum, but what I'm about to say. I just think Seattle has better chemistry and more grit than San Diego. It's not a very technical or informed take, but I've watched both teams closely and think San Diego is still behind where they need to be as a team to take on a team like the Seawolves. It'd be a different picture maybe if we were at Torero um, today. I think our seawall will leave the Legion gasping for air, and our kicking will be on point. Um, with all that said, let's get into the lineups for both teams, uh, noting changes from the first time they played each other, some commentary about a few players that I'll kind of just free ball, um, then close out with keys to this match, things to mind while watching, and my prediction before I let you go on your way. Of course, you could stop listening now, but I think this is where it gets interesting, so... Seattle lineup, they have 13 changes from that first matchup, and I will note with each player um, if they are a change in the lineup from that original encounter with San Diego. So at loose head prop, we have Olive Khalifi. Um, He was not a starter, so this is a change, Uh, not a starter in that home opener. I think Seattle has learned a lot about their players and even brought in a lot of new players. Um, Olive was there from day one. Honestly, I mean, he's our best loose head prop. You know, he's the one that we knew um, would be called up by the Eagles. Vili Talutau was then called up later, which is awesome. But, um, you know, Khalifi should be here. It's it's good that he's starting at loose head prop. Um, the guy's work rate, I mean, he's just excellent in the scrum. Um, at hooker, number two, we have Ray Barkwell. Um, Ray's a great guy. I think... Uh, He's definitely a, uh, I, I mean this in a totally complimentary, affectionate way. I think he's, you know, really a, a salty guy up there in the, in, the, in the front row as a forward. Um, I think he has good throws in the line out. Um, Trierweiler was really struggling when he was in um, at this position with line outs recently. So good to see Barkwell here. Um, three tight head prop. We're going to have Tim Metcher on the field today. Um, tight head prop is so important in the scrum, right? They're going against the wind. They're, um, they're locked into the hooker and the loose head prop. They need to be strong. This guy has experience, I believe in super rugby. Uh, match seems like a fun guy just from what I've seen on like Instagram and stuff. Just good, good guy to have on the field. Um, so, you know, Barkwell and Metcher were in, in the original matchup with San Diego, but, um, the change there will be all of Khalifi starting, um, which is kind of hard to believe. So, 
Um, gosh, I'm moving kind of slow here, so let's speed up a little bit. Uh, Locks, Taylor Crumray, and Cam Polson. This is a changeup from uh, that original lineup. Um, six, Eric Duchel at um, blindside flanker. Also a change, but um, you know these these three I just read are great to have there. They've proved themselves over the season. A lot's changed since the home opener. Then we have Vili Talutau at open side flanker. Who would have saw this coming? He was listed as a hooker originally. And he has just really uh, shown his merit. Uh, he ended up getting called up to the Eagles, which is really cool. He has been uh, a really uh, great player for us, uh, the guy out of Maui, I believe. Um, then at eight, our vice captain, number eight. This is supposed to be your big, mean, hard-hitting forward. Uh, this is Reichert Hating, the South African Man, he is our best number eight. Um, I'm glad he's healthy for this match. He's had some issues with head knocks over the season. Um, I expect great things from him. He was actually, I believe, uh, concussed or you know, at least taken off the field in our uh, original matchup with San Diego, which I was uh, at Starfire for. So uh, 9-10, our halfbacks, we have Phil Mack and Peter Smith. Um, so Riker's not a change from San Diego. Just want to mention that and that original home opener and neither is Phil Mack, but Peter Smith is going to be a changeup. Um, I, I think he's absolutely our best 10. He's a kicking 10. Um, I love Holder. He's just struggled with that a little bit. And he's, um, you know, he, frankly, he's built to tackle a little better than a natural 10, uh, being a 10 myself at much lower levels of rugby. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is totally our best, um, halfback combo. And, um, just, you know, if you're new to the sport, like your nine and your 10 are really important um, for sort of the flow of gameplay and directing traffic. Um, the nine is going to be picking up the balls out of the uh, the breakdowns and the set pieces. And, you know, if, it, if it's on for the backs or we're kicking or whatever, passing it off to the number 10, who's kind of like a quarterback, the fly half, Peter Smith, and he can kick, which is great. He can pass. He can do it all. Um but he is a change from that original matchup. And then also another change at left wing, number 11, Peter Tiberio. Dude's totally proved um, his place on the wing. Our captain, inside center, Shalom Suniula. You know, he's fine. I want to see George Barton here because he's built more like a 12. Um, but, you know, Shalom's an important le- uh, leader for us on the field. And I think Barton is still having some... Well, I'm not really sure about this, but, um, you know, he's not in the reserves. I, I'm pretty sure he's still... Uh, out with his concussion from uh, the the Utah match, which I'm not even sure he remembers the the hit in the moment. Unfortunately, again, I <laughs> I think he's an awesome inside center, but um, you know, so so is Shalom. It's just Shalom, uh, his size and, and ability and experience. He's played at like you know halfback um, at the international level. Then Rasalika at 13. This man's totally fit to be an outside center. Uh, absolute force on our team, probably our MVP. If not, the next person I'm going to read, which is uh, Brock Stoller at right wing. should go back and note that uh, Shalom Suniola, William Rasalika, and Brock Stoller, so 12 through 14 there, they are not changes from our starting lineup uh, originally against San Diego to open the season. Um, Stoller's a great kicker. Um, He can kick off the tee he can go straight to boot uh he can do it all he's um he's not a small winger Uh, he's bigger than tibbs uh tibbs can still lay on a hit um but staller's really built to do that 
Um, he's back from playing with Canada. It's great to have him back. And then Matt Turner, the the English sevens player um, at fullback. He's been really great. Um, he kind of honestly, like he looks like one of the most athletic guys on the field to me. And, you know, he's not the biggest dude, but um, he really gets the job done. And then in our reserves, um, 16 and 17 will be Mike Shepard and John Hayden. So Shepard is there as a replacement potentially for um, Barkwell, who could come off. Uh, Shepard can can throw the lineouts, and then John Hayden is a prop. Um, these are not changes from the original lineup they played um, in that original uh, SD Legion home opener, and then changes throughout the rest of the reserves. Kellen Gordon, prop. Cole Van Harn, back row. Aladdin Shermer, back row. Andre Coquillard back row, Jeremy Misangalu, winger, and then Sequoia Burke Coombs, winger. Exciting stuff. I really like this uh, this lineup. I think this is our strongest lineup. Um, maybe Sands or save uh, Barton, who I want to see at 12. Um, you know, I don't know what what happens. Phil, uh, Phil Mack is doing great at, at his age and everything. Um, it's hard to say that he's in the twilight of his career with how well he's performing, but you know, he might want to go coach now that he got this great experience because we don't have a coach, um, off the, off the pitch during matches. Phil Mack is our player coach. We have of course, coaching staff helping out like Brandon Sparks and whatnot, but, um, just saying maybe Shalom starts looking at the halfback position. Um, I totally respect him being at inside center, just saying in terms of like absolute utter strongest lineup, in my opinion, you know, hopefully you're not judging me, whatever. I got to have an opinion. Would like to see Barton there, but, you know, I don't think he's healthy. Anyways, let's get into the San Diego Legion lineup. Um, this is almost a completely different team than we saw originally. Um, they've learned even more probably over the course of the season, which is dangerous. I mean, I think the team that learns the most wins the most, but um, Let's get into it. Probably not a lot to say on these players. I, you know, I do watch all the teams closely, but I, I really study the Seattle players, whereas these San Diego players um, are less familiar to me. So, uh, loose head prop number one: Sioni Tuialamaka. Number two: Hooker um, Pat Blair. So this is where the changes begin. Sione Tuialamaka was in that original lineup. Pat Blair was not. Uh, tight head prop number three, another change, Nathan Sylvia, changes at the locks, Chris Terori and Cam Dolan. Uh, Dolan was seen at number eight in that opener. Um, keep an eye out for him. He's, he's really good. Um, six, seven, and eight, our back row is going to be Devin Short, or excuse me, their back row. Uh, Devin Short, Tony Lamborn, and Drew Gaffney. Um, those are all changes. And then unchanged from their original lineup at number nine is nick boyer but then a change uh captain number 10 tig leader then uh left wing nate augsburger another change inside center anthony saliber another change <laughs> there's 20 changes in this lineup outside center number 13 ryan mattias another change then not a change surprise uh right wing taku Naguenya, really great vice captain um solid player their fullback is a change, Joe Peterson, and then all the reserves are changes from what they had uh, in the reserves in that home opener. They've got Pat O'Toole, Fakosi, Pifoletti, Aaron Mitchell, 
uh, Sousi Mahoney, Alec Barton, Ben Sima, who would have been starting in the home opener at 10, then uh, Nick Evans and Dylan Odsley. So uh, let's talk real quick about some keys to the match, uh, in my opinion. Seattle needs to not get in their own way on offense with handling errors, no wild passes, carry when it's not absolutely 100% on. You're always safer holding the ball. Somebody will be there to support you on our team, Seattle. Um, Our strong defense is a given, but worth mentioning, I think we'll be kicking the ball a lot, even when we're not pinned in our 22, which means good chases will be vital. And I expect nothing less from the likes of Peter Tiberio on the wing, who is maybe our best at doing this and told me that they practice this with him. Um, things to mind during the match, uh, watch Smith and Staller for Seattle with 10 and 14 on their backs, respectively. Smith hasn't played a lot, but he is definitely our most natural 10 and Staller is back from playing for rugby Canada. Both have golden boots. We probably go for points whenever we can, because we can rely on them. I suspect we'll also be looking to penetrate any space left open by San Diego's back three. If you're not familiar, that's the two wings in fullback or 11, 14 and 15, who are like outfielders on defense guarding against kicks in addition to line breaks where they need to be the last man to make open field tackles. And we get line breaks. Um, I think we'll be putting a lot of pressure on them in this game with Smith's boot and our speed as well as physicality on the outside in Staller and Tiberio, and especially Miss Angalu, who is on reserve for these positions, I assume. Uh, if anything, I expect Tiberio to have a fully mummified bandaged head by halftime and Miss Angalu to get some PT while Tibbs tries to recover his vision. Um, so last thing is the prediction. Um, well, you know, despite uh, my confidence and optimism in the team, I'm going to go with my most conservative prediction ever in the history of Major League Rugby with Seawolf Pod, and that is Seattle winning the game by one point. Thanks, WolfPod, for listening. You are all the greatest. Reach out to me anytime with questions, comments, small talk, etc., and I will be responsive. Probably the best place to reach me is the DMs on Instagram, at SeawolfPod. Today is our day, fellow Seattle fans. Let's go march over to Legion. As I always say, hunt together, pot alone, and go Seawolves.